This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. Sitting across from me in my apartment, which is going to get very hot because I shut off the air because I like pristine sound. Sound is all. I spend a lot of time just thinking about how the sound of this podcast is. Tom Papa's here, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. You uh, you care a lot about the sound, but you only have one of those I know, We Are the World a, things on your side of the I microphone. Have, <laughs> I have the We Are the World pop filter. That's funny to call that the We Are the World. That's the perfect thing. That seems like something that uh, studio guys would be like, did, they, did you get that from a studio guy or did you make that up? Uh, no, I, I remember watching We Are the World and... They were like, they invented it then. Cindy Lauper took her uh, stocking and they wrapped it around the thing, and that's how they invented that. The pop filter? Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know if that's a true story, I, but I, you know, I don't want to. It sounds too. I don't want to confront you right at the first minute of the show. It sounds too weird for me to, for that to be the made up but story. But I've heard the stocking thing that they use that. So maybe that was just something that they did. But you'd think yeah, they would have had a few of these laying around. Yeah, they didn't. It was 1982 yeah, or something. Tom is talking about the round pop filter, which I guess stops the peas and the p p p I was told I don't need it for the way the mic is set up. And I was told not to use any peas on my side of the microphone. But it is now. <laughs> the OCD people out there are going to be driven crazy by the fact that <laughs> they're going to be they're going to hear peas and yours and pops, and mine is just going to be like beautiful professional VO guy. It's unfortunate my name is Papa. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you like to say your last name over and over again. Oh, as many times as I can. What? Uh, you had an, you had an audition. Are you allowed to talk about this audition you had today? Sure. What was I, it for? Uh, my audition. We both had auditions yeah, today. Yeah, we did. Uh, my audition was for Veep. Beep? Veep. Oh, Veep. Julia Louis-Dreyfus show. I really want to be on it. That's Yeah, that's a funny show. It really makes me laugh. It's a really good show, really good cast. This is just like a guest thing, you know. One thing was to be like a Chris Matthews kind of interview guy. And uh, another one was to do, I don't know, some kind of swarmy guy. I got it last night. I didn't really know it too well. Here's a problem I have with auditioning now is I can't see that well anymore. Got to get these reading glasses that I have on. Yeah, but if you... I'll go to audition and you don't want to audition with your glasses That's weird, on. because I asked today. I went in, I go, can I leave my glasses on? Because uh-huh. I had like a mini part, which I probably could have just read with three lines without it. Yeah, and like, she goes, no, leave your glasses on. So she I, did. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. I was straining because I'm not a glasses guy. I've never need glasses in my life. And now all of a sudden. I mean, you're already holding the script. So you're already not necessarily like looking exactly like you're acting. I really uh, was squinting and <laughs> trying yeah, think, to shine it in the light. I think this is probably glasses looks better than squinting and not being able to read. <laughs> You're probably right. So I'm not going to be on You beat. blew it. <laughs> I now won't you auditioned for beat. two roles? Two roles. And this is after the first one, which went pretty well. The second one, she said, um, so do you want to read the next one? No, I'm really, I, 
I want to be on the show, but only in this one part. <laughs> I didn't know what she was saying. Was she saying you nailed that first one? It's so obvious you're going to be the, you're going to be cast as this. That why even go on? Yeah. Or was she saying, "Wow, that was so squinty. Maybe you should just go home now." She's like, "Do you want to read this one? Do you want to read for another one and put your glasses on?" <laughs> Do you want to go down to CVS and get some glasses? <laughs> Did you feel? Do you feel like it was a good audition? And I always feel better if I memorize it and can really then act when I'm just reading it. And they say it's better to hold it and. and yeah, that's what I was doing. I still don't understand why, but I don't either. Because then I'm looking down a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I think it. I think really, they, I could have just taken a picture on my iPhone of myself and sent it to them. You know I can act. You've seen me in other stuff. I think they just want you to come in so, to see what you look like now. Like, did you gain a lot of weight? Yeah, sometimes they, they have these parts and you're just like, you're really like on a worldwide search for this, <laughs> right. this guy that's got to play a bank teller or something. For, yeah. And he's got, he says, thank you very much. Right. Like, bank just, teller number one. Yeah. Find your buddy and give him an acting role of his lifetime. <laughs> so just, yeah, take a picture on your iPhone, send it to us, and we'll tell you if you have the part. I auditioned. I'm not, I guess I can talk about it. Sure. It's really top secret, the Michael J. Fox show. It was a security guard part. Ah. But it was three lines. Uh-huh. Maybe even two lines. It was either it was either two or three lines. <laughs> it was not more than three lines. But it was one of those things where you walk in and you see, like, three other guys, and you're like, oh, these guys look like security guards. They might as well be wearing a uniform. So if they're going for the guy who doesn't look like a guy who should be a security guard, I might get it. I would give it to you. I would give it, honestly, not to be faux modest, but I would give it to one of these other guys. Oh, really? I just felt like... But that's so hacky. You could, you, you could be, you're like the funny looking security guard because you're smaller than the big fat guys you're describing. Let me tell you about casting film and television. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I did play a security guard in Road Trip. That's right. You were good. And you had the belt looks big on you. Yeah. It's really... Yeah. Now, that's, that's a much funnier way to go. It's another chance to get humiliated. <laughs> to make some money. <laughs> no. I would happily go on that show. Well, that's good. And uh, I went in for a Michael J. Fox thing in, like, August, in July, maybe. And uh, there were some other people there, other comic kind of people. I didn't get it. Um, I, I felt like I read okay, but I had the same kind of thing. I was like, "Oh no, all the people in this room look more like the part than I do." Yeah, they. I was on Spin City. Oh yeah, where they not to just make it about me, but it is. This is going to be from it's about the Todd Barry podcast. You, but they gave me that part, and it was a bigger part. And I kind of want to go. Do you remember when you gave me a part on your other show? Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years? You don't remember? <laughs> You're thinking about other stuff than the guy who had the small part fifteen years ago. But yeah. you just kind of want to go. Can I? Can you just either just offer this to? Me? But at the same time, that's kind of like arrogant. well, a lot of times, like the guy who cast that for Michael J. Fox, I forget his name, but he's he he does some stuff. Like I've seen him before, and. Uh, it's not really him. Like, he probably would give it to you, but he's got to show yeah, some yeah. other people yeah, who don't I, know the great Todd Barry. I basically didn't want to get on the subway four stops t- to read these lines. Well, it's hot. It's hot. It's really hot today. I, I wore a jacket because it was a Chris Matthews kind of thing, a light jacket, and I walked from the Opie and Anthony show down to there, which was like six blocks. You I did sweat, the Opie and Anthony I sweat show? through the jacket. Do you do that show a lot? Yeah, I've been doing it the last I've never year done so. that show. It's good. It's fun? Yeah, it is fun. And you don't have to... It's not like you have to change what you do. No? Because you're on... And they're all talking about 
girls parts and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you can just they're kind of, they're really cool and you can just wave and I don't want to talk <laughs> now the kind, you know it's funny because uh, they asked me to do it pretty often and uh, they like having me on and I guess host for Jimmy once in a while when he's out of town really yeah, it's fun and uh, and I <laughs> I know I'm sticking to my guns and just doing what I do because whenever I'm on it half the people are saying tweeting Yay, so good. Will you love when Tom's on? And the other half is saying, why are you ruining my favorite show? <laughs> I did the Howard Stern show a couple of times, and I got a little... This was pre-Twitter. Right. But there was a couple of like, it's the most boring guess. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, well. <laughs> then you know you're doing all right. Right. I can't get on Howard. Really? Yeah. I've wanted to do Howard my whole career. I'm surprised. And I can't not get on it. I'm good for it. I actually had dinner with him, with Howard and Rob Zombie, who were good pals. For Rob's birthday. And I thought it went well. Really? Not, no. Where did you, ha- are you going to click that pen? I can't get I- past Gary Delabate. Uh, this is your. Oh, what um, is that? It's my little uh, adapter. Your okay. adapter. I, just did, I didn't want to have to digitally remove that. I play with Paint things stick. a lot. I do too. I am. Um, I was once at Stand Up New York and I was rapping on the table. Like I didn't, I was watching a comedian and I just was not even thinking about it. Yeah. And then the comedian, like from the stage, was like, Todd, give me a break or something. And I felt so terrible. I felt like I was like, might as well have been on my cell phone or something. Well, don't they know you're a good drummer? I was, it was perfect beat. But. I expected there to be a drum kit in here. Well, that's in my home studio in Woodstock. Oh. What? I don't know. Home <laughs> Let's get back to this dinner with you, Stern, and Rob Zombie. Okay. First of all, was it just the three of you? No. It was, uh, it was, it was us and our wives, and then there were probably two other couples. So a big kind of table. But I'm sitting next to Howard's beautiful wife, who, who couldn't be sweeter. Yeah. And, uh really into animal rights and stuff like that and and then Howard and then uh, Rob and it was so we were all yeah we're just in there and just enjoy and you know when you're in that situation it's not like I snuck into the dinner no it's not like I no no it's, we're all friends here this kind of yeah. shows we're all kind of cool can uh, get on that show I wonder um, where did you eat uh, I was in some Asian place mm. like a sushi-ish place I'm going to say, I'm going to put it around the 20s, 30s on the east side. 30s? Yeah, maybe I, a little lower. I bet it was either in the 20s. Oh, on the east side? Maybe high teens, low really? 20s. It was a year ago. I got to know where you went to eat. And I'm mm. going to stop the pot. Now, who, who? It was kind of a big place. Did Howard pick up the check? No. I think I think, uh, I think think <laughs> Rob's wife did. <laughs> I'm only asking that question because you know Howard would ask that question. He's such a sweet guy. He's really sweet. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Such a nice, mellow guy. Yeah. And uh, I did have one fan moment, which maybe that blew it. Uh, I, oh, I, I, doubt, been, oh, I doubt you've... Oh, I don't think you screwed up anything. I'm I've sure had, it's just red tape. I think stuff. it's probably... Yeah. I mean, he's down to like shooting, taping three days a week. Yeah. And, you know, it's very... Everyone who's on now is really big. He's not putting a lot of comics on. And I never tried until like a year ago. But anyway, I just... Uh, the one comic thing, the one fan thing I had before I was a comedian, when I had a day job right out of college, I would listen to him when I would commute because I lived down in like central Jersey and would commute up to North Jersey to work. It was like an hour and a half drive and I would listen to Howard all the time. And 
I would just listen to him with comedians and and it was so great I just pictured like how great their lives are they, they don't have jobs and they can be comics and they're just screwing around in the middle of the morning as I'm in my suit trying to go to work yeah and then uh, and I brought I brought up you know I'm a comedian and I loved Sam Kinison and that and that, that broadcast when Sam died when you know they were good friends and he kind of broke the news that Sam died and it was coming in his brother Billy was calling and it was such a poignant two days of that program and I talked to I told him how much that meant to me as I was trying to thinking about breaking out and being a comic and listening to Sam who I love die and how he handled it and it was just one of the really great moments I just wanted to kind of thank him for and he was like, oh, really? That's great. That's great. And I didn't know, like, playing it back in my head, was that, was I geeking out too much? I know. You know, you're at dinner with him. I don't see why you couldn't go, hey, that thing that everyone knows you do. Yeah, there, yeah. there was a few days, you know, <laughs> right. I like it. Some, those are something that you did that I, you weren't, yeah. like, asking for autographs and shit. No, no pictures, none of that Like stuff. you did when you walked in my apartment ten minutes ago. Well, I didn't know you were in the penthouse. I mean, five autographs? That's suspicious. I feel like that's when you know someone's selling them on, on index cards. And you told me not to make them out to you. So I'm suspicious. No, I just really love your show. Are. I'll be at the show tonight. How do you, how are you friends with, have you, have, does everyone ask you how you know Rob Zombie? Yeah, everybody asks. What, have you said that on other podcasts? I have not. Well, how do you know Rob Zombie? <laughs> uh, Rob and I are, are good pals. Um, in L.A., a friend asked, brought him along to, to see me at the Ice House uh-huh. and do stand-up. And he thought it was funny, and we became pals. And then that same friend was getting married, and we were both invited to it. And we like, it was one of those where you fly across the country and go to the wedding kind of thing. And yeah. we spent the whole weekend together because we didn't know anybody else. And we just became pals. And then when he was working on the uh, this animated film, Super Bisto, the haunted movie of El Super Bisto... He thought it'd be funny. It's like a big wrestler, big Mexican wrestler, superhero slash wrestler kind of guy. And uh, he asked me to be the voice of it. Ah. And then something happened with the writer where something, the writer, they had a falling out. So Rob asked if I would also help him write it. So we're a whole summer. We were just at Rob's house writing this film. He lives in Los Angeles? He did, yeah. He now, did. Now he lives East Coast. Really? Yes. You don't want to say what state, though. I don't. It rhymes with Connecticut. <laughs> and so we spent the whole time working on this movie together. And, and so when I was going to do my stand-up special, Lime in New York, available on Netflix, I... I will cut that out. ...asked him to uh, direct it. Because I wanted it to feel like a film, you know, and... and uh, so then we started making doing the he directed my last two specials. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really pretty cool. He's a he's a cool rock star. I love that he lives in Connecticut. Just the idea of like driving through Connecticut. Yeah, that beautiful hat. So Rob Zombie lives there. Yeah. But he's probably a chill guy. He's probably not as he is. He doesn't probably act the way his name might make you think he acts. No, but there are like a real zombie. <laughs> It's the stupidest thing I've ever said. He, I'm embarrassed that I just said that. He is a little bit. He's a weirdo? You can't for, yeah. I don't know much about him, actually. You, you know, he's... What was the band he was in? He started out on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Not, he started out as a, uh, like an AD or, some, you know, like a low-level guy on Pee Wee's Playhouse. That was his first show business I didn't even know that. Gig. Yeah. And he was just like on the crew, you know, like working on Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
And then he started bands and stuff. He came to New York and started bands and became a rock star and then started making movies and videos and all this other stuff. And uh, so on the one hand, he's really kind of a normal guy like we can hang with him and his wife at their house or whatever and everyone with their pets and stuff like that but then like you go to this one there's always like weird stuff around you know what I mean like there was the big the room with the skulls yeah exactly here's the room with the skulls here's all here's everything from the set of the Adams family that I bought and now is in my house uh, you know there's a lot of weirdness going on also he's up all night on eBay putting in <laughs> Adams family Right. I got the I got this watch today. <laughs> Gomez wore this $650. watch. Six hundred fifty dollars. I don't remember anything about the Adams family. Yeah, they had. Uh, so it's so on the one hand, kind of like his movies, where you're like, oh, this is kind of a normal film, and then someone's like wearing someone else's skin and running across yeah. it. You're like, oh, okay. So he. You can't just, like, conjure that part up. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got it at him. He has a deal with the devil, is what he's I'm a, He's a dangerous person who you shouldn't be friends with. <laughs> right. Definitely shouldn't be making your comedy special. Has he done your podcast as we ease into your podcast? He was the first guest on my podcast. Now, your podcast, your latest one, like, you and I did one where we just sat across from each other. Yeah. And I spilled all sorts of Hollywood gossip to you. It was pretty. But then you asked me to do it again, and I had no idea. I was out of the loop. That you, you, It's like an old-timey radio-type show. Yeah, I do these. It's for Sirius XM. Oh, so it's not a podcast. It's not a podcast, but I'm putting some up now as a podcast. Like, if you go to TomPapa.com, you can, or All Things Comedy, you can get my shows that I'm, my older ones that I'm putting on this podcast and Rob Zombie's like the first one and I do all these great like one-on-one interviews with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks and Todd Barry people like wow. that wow those are some names yeah and then I was like well what I always like Garrison Keeler, and I like that kind of classic radio format and I thought what would it be like if we had comedians instead of like folksy singers and a humorist to kind of do it and so I started doing these live broadcasts where we have a band and we do scripted stuff with comedians and know, comedians do sets. I didn't know I was going to have to do a set and I was like, oh, I don't want to do a set. <laughs> but the set was great. Yeah. The and crowd's I, really into it. I didn't cancel, which is classy of me. Very classy. Did you think cancel? Cause no, you I didn't think cancel. Stuff I, just, on the radio? I, just get, I just get touchy about... Because then you're like, oh, do I do old stuff? Do I do new stuff? Right, I know. If I do the new stuff, then I, you know. I but then kill. again... That's how many people are really right. hearing it is what it comes down to. Right. You were great. I was. Would you like to do the scripted part? What does it pay? No. Uh, <laughs> $20. $20? Yeah. That's more gets, than my pocket. Everyone gets paid. 20 bucks. But they charge to get in there, right? I charge to get in there. Okay. So I don't. Because I pay out of pocket. I pay the band 300 bucks, and I pay all the comedians. Don't reveal what you pay the band. I mean, I pay them between three hundred and $3,000. Get in 45000 k that's, that would be $45 million. But it was a lot out of pocket, and XM wasn't paying for it, so I started charging at the door. We started for free, and now we charge. It's a lot of work, though, right? I write the scripts. I write the whole show, which is a 40, 45-page script. Damn. It takes like four days to do, and I really like that part of it, though. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, because it's making you actually... You have a deadline. Yeah. You actually do it. You know, so many times I think, oh, I'm going to write this pilot or I'm going to write this thing. And Have you, you written a screenplay? You start a little and then stop. No. Well, they did the Rob Zombie thing uh, with Rob, but 
I haven't written like the, the great ideas I have in my head. Mm-hmm. I haven't written those. Unless people pay you or have a deadline, it's very difficult. Well, you wrote 45 pages in four days. Yeah. A screenplay is like about 110 pages. Yeah. Ten days. Why not now, do it? If you start tonight after... <laughs> yeah. After, if you're not worn out emotionally from doing this podcast... <laughs> or you hot. start writing... I know it is hot. I don't know if I should... I don't want to turn... No, I'm off. actually adjusting now. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate that it's hot, but... It's not bad. I just, you know, I just want this to sound like a like a Rob Zombie album. <laughs> Crisp, clean, sonically beautiful, with a sheen on it. <laughs> it um, what was I just, just... My oh, yeah, screenplay. Ten days, ten days, you would have right. ten pages. What was the Stallone thing? How long did it take him to do Rocky? <laughs> like, right? I like that Rocky. The St- what was that Stallone thing? Oh, you mean Rocky? <laughs> yeah. The, what was that shark movie? That. Uh, Jaws? That was Jaws? <laughs> yes, Jaws, that's right. Uh, I don't know what he spent on that. Or I don't know how long he. Took. Don't you know that story? Like he locked, he went into like an old hotel room or in New York and painted the windows black, and he wasn't going to leave until it was done. Wow! You don't remember that story? No. It may be all mythology, but he was going to stay in there until it was done. And he painted the windows black. He didn't want to know what was day and night, and he just went to work on this. On Rocky. He should have stayed at a hotel that has shades. And he wouldn't have had to go paint shopping. Well, I always picture it like in like Hell's Kitchen when it was really crummy. I mean, who knows? Maybe he did do that. But it seems extreme that he would... Well, you know, I wanted to get into the film game. I couldn't figure out where to darken the windows without literally painting them. I had to get paint. And then paying for the windows. That is kind of suspicious that he has no money in anything and he's... Go to Home Depot. Get some blackout shades. (laughs) Something nice. Yeah, so maybe we should do that kind of a thing. Do you write like that? I've written a few screenplays, and yeah. I don't think any of them have been made. But Did I you think, sell them? Did you try and sell them? It's You know, it's hard to even get someone to read them. Yeah. You, know, you can get your friends. I've had a handful of friends read on. Mm-hmm. And, but to get someone, like I feel like getting like someone who can actually make it yeah. to read it. I mean, obviously, some people do get those read. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, yeah, I'll read it, man. Yeah. Well, isn't that like your agent at that point has to take it and oh. be like, hey, this is a really good thing? That's what I meant when I said hard to get someone to read it was, <laughs> was my agent. My agent. <laughs> I don't have a writing agent right now. Are there any writing agents uh, out there who want to sign me who will read everything I write within a week? That's so perfect. Please find me. I would think you would write a good screenplay. I do think I write snappy dialogue. I don't yeah, know if I, I'm the, I write the best structure, but I think I am a brilliant dialogue writer. Yeah. No, I think I could do a I decent... I think they call that a dialogist. I think... I want to do dialogue punch-up. I want one of these punch-up jobs. you got to move to L.A. for that kind of Have you of ever action. done that? No. You sit in the room and yeah. you just throw out ideas and drink coffee and... My friend uh, is a screenwriter. He's made some films. He's made, like, uh, Piranha and Sorority Row and Josh Stolberg. And he's a really talented guy. And he's done some of that punch-up stuff. And I remember him coming to me like four years ago and saying, do you know this guy Patton Oswalt? Because he was in a room with Patton Oswalt doing punch-up. And he was like, this guy was just at another level <laughs> in punching this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. He said he, nobody in the room could touch him. He, he was just that good at doing it. Yeah. I bet he would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. That would be just like, you know, if they send you a script and go, here, just... Punch this yeah. up. Email us some ideas. Just go sit in a coffee shop. Well, why don't you... Well, you should do that. 
You, well, you, you can't do it in New York, though. Why not, It's not going to happen. Just email me the script. They don't email it. You got to go sit in the room because it's all protected. They don't want to send it around. Uh, that's true. You got to sit in that's there. Everyone has a copy. How about I just promise not to show it to anyone? I'm, I'm good for that. Look, I have a blow-up mattress in L.A. <laughs> you, anytime you want to come, blow it up and try and get some punch-up, we'd be happy to have you. So... You moved. You don't live in New York anymore. I don't, as of a couple weeks ago. So that nice apartment that's nearby... It's gone. It's gone. I let it go. Wow. That was a beauty. It was the best one I ever had. That was a nice one. Yeah, it was great. We had great parties. I know. It was my favorite place. Daniel Day-Lewis was your... Daniel Day-Lewis lived across the street. I saw him walking around recently. Yeah? Did he say anything about me? (laughs) (laughs) Our kids went to school in the same school. That's... In a public school right here in you New know, York. You know, it's funny. I tweeted uh, that some something about living near Daniel Day-Lewis. And if people write people back, he's got a place. In, uh, he lives in uh, Ireland. You don't think he has another place to live? <laughs> right. You don't think he has the money to get two places? You don't think the superstar? One of them might be New York. That makes sense. That he, His other place might be in New York. Like, like, <laughs> now, nah, I saw him walking around in Dublin. He's, uh, there's no way he also has another place the way every movie star does. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. I know where he is. No, the guy, it was an amazing, amazing block. and uh, But I was renting it. I didn't own it. It was very expensive rental. So we've never not had a place in New York. But we had to dump that place and get another affordable place that's going to be our second home. Oh, you got a new one in New York? We're looking. Ah. Everything's in storage, though. This is the first, this is the only moment as an adult where I've not had a place in New York. Where are you staying right now? Ah. Uh, Washington Square Hotel. You're staying, you're telling us what hotel? This yeah. is going out live. Room 914. This is going out live. <laughs> are you really at the Washington Square Hotel? Yeah. Is that a nice hotel? I've always been curious about that. It's really nice. I mean, it's. Private bathroom? Pri- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are hotels that don't have a private bathroom. I'm, I'm actually painting hotel. the uh, windows in my room right I'm now. painting them black, man. I'm going to paint them black. I'm going to paint them black, man. Just me and my laptop, yeah. pot of coffee, carton of cigarettes. And I'm going to write a romantic comedy starring Sandra Bullock. I'm going to paint my laptop black also, really. I can't see the keys. Paint the screen black so I won't see what I'm writing. Painted all black. And then you heard this thing. He went around and shopped it, and they're like, people really liked it. And he's like, no, I'm, I've got a star as Rocky. And the, everyone was like, no, there's no way you're going to be this. We don't even, you haven't done anything. No, I'm going to be the star of it. You're going to buy it, and I'm going to be Rocky. And everyone said no. And then eventually someone said, yeah, he just stuck to it. That's, that's pretty impressive. Because that is the so type of thing. Impressive. If you met someone like that, you'd be like, you're just being a jerk. Yeah. Just let someone else star in it. But that's great. Well, just when you think like of getting a, something re- even just read and someone's like, we are going to make this, but we're going to put Harrison yeah. Ford in it. The, the, the guts to say, no, I'm doing it. And no, we're going to pay you X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars for this. So come on, just let us have it. It's great no, that he, I'm uh, do it. he found someone who would take that chance. It's crazy. I almost feel like it's a different... Well, anytime, anytime, anytime something comes up where I'm like, there's no way I could do that, I think, well, that was a different time. Did you see the Woody Allen documentary? Yes. Yeah, because there was that part where they, I guess he made one movie and they gave him all sorts of studio notes. And then his management, who seemed like great management, said, yeah. you have to leave him alone now, basically. Right. And then from then on, he's, he's never had to compromise anything. That's pretty amazing. 
Well, he's such. Yeah. It's like my. It's like my stand-up. It's just flawless. When's the last time you got notes on your stand-up? <laughs> Honestly, probably doing a television late-night television show. Right. Do you still do the late-night television shows? I've Is done it? them. You've done what? You've yeah, done. I've done them all, except Fallon, but it's a new one. But I haven't. Uh, I uh, I'm asking because this is the first time where I'm because I'm going to promote my special when it comes out on Netflix this fall. A my new second one? one called Freaked Out. Did you rec- is that one? That one is out on Epics right now. It just came out on Epics. Is that the one you did at the Skirball? Yes. Okay, and that's so Rob Freaked Zombie, Out. It's a Rob Zombie directing. Yeah, Rob Zombie did that one. And that's going to be on Netflix. It's going to move to Netflix. It's on Epics now. You can watch it on Epics HD if you don't have Epics. Epic, is that a website where you can yeah. watch all of Epic stuff? Yeah. Oh. EpicsHD.com. Watch that, everyone. It's really, really, really good. Um, oh, wait. I was bringing that up because... Late night shows. Yeah. And it's not like when I started when I wanted to be on late night all the time. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel like... Go ahead. But I feel like... Yeah, I used to be like, oh, i got to get another set ready. i got to get another set yeah. ready. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. It's become draining. It's become draining and nobody really sees them. And also you just... I, it's more about like... You know, now they put it on YouTube. Right. And you're just like, oh, now i got to wake up every day and read stupid comments from people <laughs> who are offended. <laughs> right. Because I said I couldn't find food at the Kansas City airport. So somehow that was some horrifying slight on Kansas City, even though the airport agreed with me. Um, Wow, I just aired my personal demons right there. So for the first time, I'm like, yeah, I should be back on late night. Why not? I mean, there's a few places to do it. No, it is fun. And it's cool when you're like, it makes you feel like you're in showbiz. It does. And it's what we do. But the relevance of it, when when there's so many shows, the relevance of it has gone drastically down. I mean, just from hosting my show, I ask this question to everybody, and very rarely are people, like, trying to get on there all the time anymore. On? On any late night show. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've done Letterman like the next day, gone on stage and said, did, did anyone see me last night? Right. Nothing. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, maybe a million people do see you or two yeah. million. So that's... Yeah, I know. You'd have to go on tour for a long, long time. Yeah. I'd have to do six sold out shows <laughs> to play for a million people. But you know what I mean? So you do hit right. But it's, it's, uh, it's fun, sort of fun... Once you're done, when you're like, oh, all right, I did it. I love and the dinner we'll after. Yeah, you go. It's like, don't do a spot. Just go eat somewhere. Yeah, that's fun. Um, maybe meet Hillary Swank and her dog. That's funny. I, I did the Tonight Show with Hillary Swank. Did you? Yeah. And uh, I made some joke, because it was right after Christmas, that I got a free pass from my wife with any celebrity. And I kind of turned to her, and, and she kind <laughs> of laughed and stuff. And I was like, I think I can make this happen. I, and she was like... Introducing me to her mom after and stuff, and I was like, "Wow, I think maybe I could." Oh yeah, I'm married. I can't. Try and <laughs> so for a moment, you were actually. Like, I was actually like, oh, shit, I was joking, bro. I'm, like, I'm gonna have sex with Hillary Clinton tonight. <laughs> but she's the coolest. I want to hang out with her. She was nice. Wasn't she the coolest? Now, I remember walking in. I did a the Letterman show, and I walked. I opened the doors, and then she was standing there with her dog. <laughs> like, hey. I'm in show business, huh? You little scritchy head. <laughs> Scritched the little doggy's head. Said hi to her. And then uh, sometimes, sometimes you don't talk. To, I, I've yeah. been on those shows. You don't even. I was on with Mel Gibson once. Really? Yeah. And not only was I on one with Mel Gibson, but he and I were the only guests. Oh so yeah. It was just wow. David Letterman show. Mel Gibson. 
Todd Barry. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, I didn't. I had, I, didn't I had that with Tom Cruise once. My first Letterman was with Tom Cruise. I know someone who, who do I know that, was it you? It but you be. met him, though, where he, he told you to, he, well, I'll let you tell the story. He, uh, it was my first Letterman, so I'm pretty nervous, but I'm just playing it cool, like, this will be okay, I'll just be okay, you know, just yeah. another set. Everyone says this is like, it's just, if it worked anywhere else, it's really going to work here. Yeah. I'll, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. I'm going to makeup, and so I mean, Tom Cruise, I'm watching on the TV, He's never. he hasn't been on Letterman in like 15 years, and he's really excited and he's shaking hands with people in the audience and stuff and uh, they come and they bring me downstairs okay I'm in the wings now waiting to go on and uh, and they do one more thing with him and now he's like running up and down the aisles of the audience during the break and shaking hands and high-fiving with everybody yeah. and I'm like it's, it'll be okay it's gonna be alright this is no big deal it's no big deal he's warming him up for you yeah and then uh they go, okay, Tom, you're next. And then Tom Cruise comes bursting through the side. <laughs> and he, he's, like, all sweaty. And he's like, are you next? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, woo, it's great out there. And he gives me a big hug. Oh, really? He's like, you're going to do great. Woo. And him and Cameron Crowe go walking up the stairs. And he's sweating and screaming. And I'm like, what is going to happen to me out there? <laughs> what are they doing? That's uh, that's kind of fun. That's probably good because it just distracts you from probably the nerves. Yeah. It's like. Tom Cruise just hugged me. <laughs> and I have to go do the Lerman show right now. But I was like, oh, maybe it's more intense than I'm pretending because it made Tom Cruise sweat and go crazy. Wow. Well, that's cool. That was really cool. So Mel Gibson, that's a good one. Yeah. Tom Cruise was a good one. I was on with Donald Sutherland once. I was on Conan with him, but I didn't say hi to him. But I, that was the thing where like he was right across the hall. I could have just walked over. I don't know. Sometimes I yeah. just don't want to like force a conversation. Yeah. Except... During this podcast, no. Who no. was um, who was Eric Clapton touring with, around with, playing around with another big star like Robert Plant or I don't know. He was doing some duet thing. Him and like we'll say Robert Plant. It wasn't, but and Jeff Garland stopped by the Tonight Show when I was doing it, and I was excited. Those guys were in the next dressing room. I'm like they're right there. We go walking by, and Eric Clapton goes, "Hey." And I was like, I turned them. Yeah. And they get, we love Curb Your Enthusiasm. We watch it all the time. <laughs> oh, he was behind you? He's talking to Jeff Garland behind me. That's fine. Yeah. Dolly Parton, I got to kiss her once. She seems like she'd be completely nice and lovely. Yeah, she was. Like she seems like she's actually as nice as she seems. Yeah, exactly. She did seem that way when we're on the set of The Tonight Show. Have you ever opened for a musician? Because um, I know Greg Rogel opened for Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a, a mini six six stop tour with Kenny Loggins through Florida. Really? Yeah. When was this? Oh man, it was when Colin was still doing Update. So maybe two thousand ninety. No, it was probably like ninety eight. Like ninety eight. Wow. And uh, I, I, I could tell you places you played. You ready? Yeah. Did you play Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater? Yes. Boom. Did you play the Florida Theater in Jacksonville? Don't remember. Did you play... Hmm. There's another big one that closed since then. 
Oh, not the Sunrise. Yeah, you played the Sun. That's where my high school. No way. Was that my high school graduation? I think it was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Sunrise. Wow. I used to live right near the Sunrise Musical Theater. Ah. I saw Elvis Costello there. Oh really? I saw Blondie there in 1979. <laughs> wow. I'm an old hip cool dude. <laughs> I'm the oldest coolest guy ever. I got to play with Kenny Loggins, and it was. I think I had to like drive myself around. I wasn't like with the tour bus. Did you but, interact with him much? Well, what was funny was the first day there, I'm in my dressing room, and he comes bursting in and looks at me like, uh, before the show. He's like, um, I'm sorry, are you in my dressing room? And it was like this little cruddy dress. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm I, I'm Tom Papa, nice to meet you, I'm, I'm your opening act. He goes, oh, that, oh, on tour... Everyone on the crew calls me Papa. My nickname is Papa. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. So that was really cool. Working with him was fun. That reminds me of the time I was eating alone on the Upper West Side. And I know I've told you this story, but I'll tell it since you're here. Maybe I told it on when you inter- talked to me. I, I, I probably did. The we, guy who wrote a receipt. You know the way, like, the bartender, I was eating at the bar, they can yeah. write something, identify who they're, uh-huh. the guest is, you know, like... I don't know. But he wrote Tom Papa. Oh, really? And Yeah, it was on my check. Like He was like letting you, hey, I know who you are. You're Tom Papa. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, you never told me that. Yeah. I wish I probably have the receipt somewhere. That's but hilarious. Like, but he didn't even, I don't think. Do you think he, we look alike? People have told me that before. People have told me we sound alike once in a while. People have told me that you've been doing my act when you opened for Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Kenny Loggins called me. Hey, everybody. So he stole his, his nickname as your real last name. So was he, did you, like, show after show, like, talk to him much? No, no, because I wasn't, I kind of, you know, it was the first touring thing, and I think the thing was we pay you X amount, but you have to get yourself to the next gig. Right. So I wasn't, like, on the bus with them or anything like that, and I didn't really interact with him much at all. But he was all right when you did enter. He was very nice. He was very, and when I came off, he would say, good job. That's all you did. Yeah, that was great. And then he would go on and do his, um... With the crowds big? Log and stuff. Uh, kind of. You know, what's the sunrise? 2,000 people? That was like a 4,000 seat. 4,000? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like an evangelical church now. Right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so that was my only... No, I also did um, one of the Judds. Really? <laughs> who's the... Who's Winona? The, Winona. Yeah, I opened for her in Atlantic City. That was rough. Oof. That was rough. That sounds like that would have been a... Could be a bloodbath. It was a very close How long did to a bloodbath. Like fifteen to twenty. And you come out and first of all, Atlantic City, even if you're if you're headlining or opening for a comedian is rough. Yeah. Because they comp a lot to just these people on buses that don't know you or want to be there. And so that's half the audience. The other half is Winona Judd fans and you had to be really clean. You couldn't say damn or hell. And anything like that. Right. Or even talk, allude to sex. There was nothing like that. And I'm not dirty, but even in those, even but those parameters really start right. to box you in. And I came out, and the whole front row was people from her fan club, all wearing homemade T-shirts with We Love You, Winona, and wearing crazy hats. They were there every night. Oh, like we did maybe four shows or five shows together. They were in every... Just sitting there, just looking at me like, why are you ruining our show? Yeah, it was like a, yeah, it was like maybe like. I don't understand that. It's like, 
you know there's going to be an opening act. Right. And you're in the theater when the person is on. And you're, in, and you're usually invited by the opening act, by the headliner. She's not a comedian. So why don't you just enjoy the little bonus extra entertainment that you're getting and get through it instead of sneering at someone? My parents come to a lot of stuff, like especially they live in New Jersey. So anything that's like in the area, they'll come to see. They're really into it. And very supportive. And, <laughs> and after that, after the Winona show, my father was like, whoa. <laughs> go, go beat up the fan. Why don't you sneer at my son like that? You know how hard it is to get up? That was hard. But she was really cool and loved comedy, was a fan of comedy, would use different comedians to do this gig. And she was really nice. But, I love comedy. I, I, have, I throw comics to the wolves week after week. <laughs> right. I, I probably made some of your friends cry because they're hoping for my shitty audience. It was that one was hard. Are you still opening for Seinfeld a lot? Not as often. We do it once in a while. I don't have as much, you know, out doing a lot of my own stuff, and we don't do it as often. No, those, but, are, those are hard to turn down, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you got to kind of do your own thing. Yeah, you don't ever want you don't want to be like his, Mr. Opening Act, but it's, no. But his gigs are so sweet because you hang with him, and we're really great friends, and just have a blast the whole weekend. The money's good. The crowds are amazing. Right. You you just enter the city and exit the city in this whole other level. Like you private jet in, they bring you to the best hotel that they have in town. You have this great breakfast and watch a movie with Jerry and the tour manager Kevin. Then you get to go do these amazing shows. And then you back into the bed at the Four Seasons. Yeah. And then if you're working in the same town as Jerry, he flies back with you on his jet and drops you and drops you back at your apartment. I mean, it could not. It's the best comedy gig in the country. Yeah. So it's hard. You can't really say no to a lot of those. Yeah, I did a bunch of those with Louie, and it is it's pretty crazy. Weird. You get off this jet, and there's two cars sitting next to the jet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess I'm, I guess I know my ride is here. Yeah, my other ride is here. So he's touring that way too now. Yeah, it's pretty uh, ridiculous. Yeah, but he does that when he plays like a small club. So he loses like fifty thousand. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just had to take a little jab at him just for fun because he's not here and he won't listen to this. And it wasn't that a good jab. You have that. You told me one story. A quote of yours was when you did a club with Jerry Seinfeld in Long Island, and the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell that at, story? At Governors. Yeah. At Governors, and they were. This is when it, Jerry was like coming, just coming back, coming back from stand up. So he's doing a bunch of club dates. He's dude. We did like Rascals yeah. and like Governors on Long it Island. Was his return to stand up, and he, yeah, and he wants to do his full set before he can go out into these theaters because he was just off Seinfeld. So he was everyone's waiting for him to come back. It was a huge thing. So he goes to Governors, and we're in the dressing room. You can kind of see a little bit of this like in the comedian, documentary. Yeah, comedian, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they actually built a bathroom. This was how there was for all those years. There was never a bathroom for the comedians backstage. You had to go out That's and pee with all of the people who were, you know, drunk yeah. and whatever. And uh, you just want your time you, as a comedian. But the club wasn't even thinking in those yeah. terms at they're the like, time. They're like, "This is how much it costs to install a bathroom." Yeah. So when Jerry comes, they actually build a bathroom and make the green room a little bit nicer. And since then, the club is. 
now they treat comedians yeah, very well. Yeah, I, I, did, I did some shows every yeah. so it was good. Yeah, it's good. But back then it was kind of a shift in what was going on there. So the guy comes backstage, and here we are with Jerry Seinfeld, who is, at the time, I mean, you can't be bigger. Yeah, the biggest You cannot be bigger. He's that hot right at this moment. And the guy comes and he says, hey, Tom, he knew me. You've got to do, uh, you got to do 15, keep it really tight. You know, you do 15. And then, Jerry, I need you off the stage by, uh, by 930. And Jerry's like, excuse me? He goes, you know, we got, we got two shows tonight, so i got to get the people out and get the new crowd in. I need you off no later than 930. Jerry just turns to how big do you have to be? No, he says, oh, okay. I think he played it like that. Uh-huh. Oh, 930? Yeah, okay. Okay. And he walks out. He just turns to his management. It's like, how big do you have to be? <laughs> Did he go to have some respect in this business? That's hard. I'm back at Governor's. And the guy's like, telling me. Like you have a 200 seat club and the most famous comedian in the world. And I want you off in 50 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did yeah. He, so he did his full hour, though. He did whatever the hell he wanted to do. I'm surprised the guy didn't shut the mic or, or yell at him afterwards. <laughs> and tell him he could only eat from this portion of the menu. Yeah, it's like, yeah you, uh, don't, you can't have the steak. <laughs> right, exactly. That's you can't not, have the steak. We're going to have to charge you for your drinks. Where are you traveling to? Oh, so you're going back to L.A. tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going back tomorrow. Um, I came in last night, yesterday, uh, two nights ago, because I did the radio show last night, which went really well. And uh, I came in just for that, really. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, the show's gaining such momentum. Oh, it is? Okay. We had, like, Matt Damon did it. And I know. And Joe McHale and... Last night knows, I was the only celeb on the show I did. You were the first celeb. I think once you did it, everyone else was <laughs> ben, like, all right, we can do it. Then Damon signed on. He said, right. all right, this is the real thing. You were, Todd Barry really did it. You're not just messing with me. And uh, so, I lit- so I had it on the book, so I flew in just for it. I think I'm going to fly in once a month just for it. Because I want to come back and yeah. do sets in New York anyway. Did um, You kept Matt Damon a surprise, though, to the audience? Uh, yeah. Well, I said, I tweeted a little bit like my... Um, you said the star, my movie people. star friend, my one of my movie star friends is going to oh. appear on the show, and I think if people follow me, they know it. I don't have that many, so I think word got out, and then he was great. He played a part, a little part. Yeah, he, we, I had two scene. He did two scenes, which was amazing, and uh, it was all about privacy. That one was about privacy, and I did. Uh, Matt Damon doesn't tweet, but this is what. These are some of his secret tweets he writes down. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he did those. And then uh, I forget what the other one. Oh, the other one was Jim Norton came on. It was a sketch where Jim Norton came on and was talking about how late he was because he's such a big star and people kept stopping him on his way into the club. And then Amy Schumer came on and topped Jimmy and was like, yeah, I know that's kind of cute that you guys are on radio a lot, but I have a TV show. I'm sure you guys know nothing about that. I hope it never happens to you. It probably won't happen to you, but I, I'm really famous kind of thing. And as she's messing with us, then Matt came on and was like, <laughs> it's so cool of you guys to like stay in disguise so no one recognizes you. <laughs> and we're like, no, this is how we really look. He was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's really funny. great that you guys are on cable TV and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was amazing. Did, really he, uh, did he hang out and talk to audience members after? Uh, he kind of had to bust it. You know, like, we're in that downstairs in the yeah. club. It's like, get him out of there. Let's hustle Matt back. Let's get him out of here. He actually got, he was, I mean, you know, he's one of the biggest stars yeah, in the he's world. A famous guy. And he's doing this great little radio show. And then he, they whisked him out before I could even kind of get out. And when him, when my friends and I 
went to go meet him over at the Olive Tree at the Comedy Cellar. He had gotten there earlier because they busted him out. We didn't even know where he was, and he's just sitting with Gnome at the comedy table. <laughs> just that comedy table, man. That's hanging out with Gnome. You never know who's going to sit down at that comedy table. <laughs> Chris Rock came in the other night. Yeah? Yeah. I remember once being at that comedy table, and uh, it's just... It was just me, maybe one other person, and then Robin Williams walks in. Mm-hmm. He sits down. Yeah. It's just a little four-top table. Right. And then, like, ten minutes later, Chris Rock walks in. Like, <laughs> both alone. Yeah. And so Chris did. He just came in, had a milkshake. Did he even go on? No. He just finished his movie. Also, he's in the neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, I think he's he hasn't been doing stand-up for the couple months while he was doing the movie. And uh, I was just so He's kinda... going on a big tour, though. Uh, Let's promote his tour right on this. <laughs> yeah, I think in the fall, right? Let's not. I'll be in Cleveland in, in September if you want to come out for that. Where are you going? Let's hear your tour. Hilarity. Let's wrap it up with some plugs. Did we already do it? Well, we're like at 47 minutes. Is that good, you think? I don't know. I don't know how the Todd Perry I, podcast rolls. I feel like I started out doing them. They were like three hours. Then I realized, <laughs> why not do a nice... No, under sweet. an hour. Keep it under an hour. That's good, right? I think so. That's how I roll. Um... Um, I'm going to be in Cleveland at Hilarities the first week of September. And uh, you can go to TomPapa.com and see my other tour dates. You don't want to do just one more? Um, I don't really even know where I'm going to be. Um, I'm doing that one. And then I'm doing... um, I'm going to do a JFL, the Just for Laughs tour through Canada. Oh, I've never done that. I'm going to headline it. I'm headlining a tour from Canada coast to coast for like two and a half, three weeks. And I just said I'd never done the tour, and then you upped it by saying, that oh, I are you doing it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not only doing it, but I'm headlining it. I mean, I've done the festival, and they love me there. You should be on the tour. What, that would be Is there fun. a theme? I've, I've heard they usually do themes. Is there a theme? There's no real theme to this one. It's the uh, Todd's Not One of the Comedians tour. I'll be everywhere. I'll be in Toronto, Montreal, love Canada. Calgary, Canada's great. Ottawa. Name some other places. Vancouver. Calgary. Calgary. Um, Regina. Is that how you say it? Regina. Regina. Is it Regina? I don't know. Um, what's that island? Newfoundland? I don't know if that's an island. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we're starting in the Maritimes. Who else, who else is on the show? Uh, Alonzo Bowden. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Orny Adams. I know Orny. He's a good guy, too. And... Uh, yeah, I think... Wait, there's one of the... Oh, and there's a Canadian guy. But yeah, I'll be doing that all through November. Man, I, I want to do one of those tours. Do you? Well, I just... I'm a little nervous about it. I just love the idea of someone going... Because you know that tour, it's not going to be like, you have to pick your own hotel and do it. It's like, here's yeah. where you're going. Yeah, that's great. That's all you need to know. And the, yeah, they do take care of you really well. How are you, are you traveling? By bus? Some bus, a lot of flying... But they bring you to the airport. They check your bags for you. You just they fly you. Yeah, it'll be. I guess it'll be fun. It's a long time to be away. But how long do you have to do? I don't because those are like some strong. Not that long. Um, Yeah, they are strong acts. I would want to follow both of those guys. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. No, it's gonna be great. I'll be okay. Yeah, you're fine. But I, uh, I don't. I think we. I think we only do like twenty minutes. Ah. Yeah. Well, then I have some news for you. You're not headlining. <laughs> You're doing 20 minutes and, and going last, and going last on a show where everyone is doing 20 minutes. That is a package show. Uh, Sorry to burst your bubble. No, they said you can I hot was... dog it though. You can be like, oh man, I thought I could. I'm the headliner. I said I went last. I thought I could go 
I could do an extra 35 minutes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just get along. I'll, I'll Ralphie May it. Well, that sounds fun. What's the longest you've ever done on a, as a headliner? Uh-huh. Like, I hear, like, Ralphie May does, like, two hours, and there's those guys that do that kind of thing. I don't... I've never gone past... I feel like... I mean, I feel like some of the sets... It's usually a weird set where yeah. it's, like, a bit of a train wreck that I end up... Because I go in and out of doing material and... <laughs> Dealing, putting out fires in the crowd, literally. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I did like an hour and a half in Atlanta once. Right, but that's very rare. Normally, hey, what are we doing in September? Are we doing something? Yeah, I'm opening for you. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, are, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm your Speaking opening of, act. And unlike Kenny Loggins, <laughs> I won't talk to you at all. <laughs> and my nickname's not Papa. Because I know he talked to you a little bit. I won't talk to you. I'm doing my crowd work tour in Largo. And Tom Papa, September, what is that? 17th, 17th I want to say. Graciously accepted my... I'm going to look up the date. Yeah, it's September 17th at Largo, which is a great place. It's going to be, be you fun. and Eddie Pepitone. I love Eddie. One of you is going to have to bring me up. You want I'll me? bring you up. Really? Okay. Whatever you want. And I'm excited to do it. I need a ride from there. No, you were very you're you were enthusiastic when I asked you to via text. You've got my enthusiasm through the text. Because LA, you know, that's a kind of a biggish place, and I need big guns to fill it. And then I take the credit. I go, man, all these people showed up. All these people came for me. All these. People. How much time will I get to do? That's short, like fifteen. Too little. Perfect. Okay, is that right? Perfect. Love check, fifteen. Check out me, Tom Papa. <laughs> Um, in Los Angeles at Largo with Eddie Pepitone. It'll be my crowd work tour, but you'll hear more about that later. And uh, Not much later. That's true, because we're pretty much done. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. I, it's my last night in New York what this you, week. So you're doing a set tonight? I'm going to do a set at the cellar, hang out down there, and go home. You're right near the Washington Square Park Hotel. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. It's great. Maybe I'll look into that hotel. It's really nice. If I ever get thrown out of my apartment (laughs) or need someone to stay somewhere. It's really nice. It is really nice. I really like it. Okay. Free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi. Clean sheets. Oh, my God. Nice little hotel. They're going to have to give me a break since this is like one of those commercials that where the host tries to muscle in a commercial and make it not look like a commercial. (laughs) But I don't... uh, I do... The, the bittersweet part of it is that you do feel like a tourist immediately in your own hometown. When you get a, when you leave and you don't have keys on you, you just have a hotel key. Yeah. It's a weird feeling. I think I've only stayed in a hotel in Manhattan, well, maybe when I was a little kid, but once in the past 10 years. Well, maybe more than once. No, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, as a grown-up? Yeah, a couple of times. Never mind. It's weird. But I'll enjoy it. And that'll be my last night. And I'm glad you asked me to do this little uh, podcast here in your penthouse. Thanks for doing it. And uh, TomPapa.com. Dot com. Yeah. Dot com. And Tom Papa At Tom Papa. On Twitter. On Twitter. And that's, that's pretty much it, right? That's all you got to know. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Todd. All right. I hope you enjoyed the 20th episode of my podcast. I think it was the 20th. I'm going to tell people it was. I could check now. To see if it was, but I think it was and is. Check me out on tour. I'm doing my crowd work tour. Hear that honking? That's people in line to get tickets. It's a West Coast thing. September 16th in San Diego at the Casbah, the 17th in Los Angeles at Largo with special guests Eddie Pepitone and Tom Papa on that show. Then on the 19th, I go to San Francisco. The 20th, I'm in Portland. 
at uh, Mississippi Studios. And in San Francisco, I'm at the chapel. Okay, 22nd of September, I'm at the Crocodile in Seattle. And then in Vancouver on the 23rd at the Biltmore Cabaret, all crowd work show people. Follow me at Todd Barry. And you can find tickets for this tour on my website, toddberry.com. Also go to feralaudio.com, feralaudio.com. They put out this podcast and many, many others. Okay, see you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.